Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is TV worth talking about. I'm Catherine, by the way. I'm 47. I'm divorced. I live with my sister, who's a recovering heroin addict. I have two grown-up children, one dead, one who doesn't speak to me, and a grandson. Shrine Podcasts presents Happy Valley. Oh, do. Welcome to Shrine Podcast Presents Happy Valley. I'm Brendan. I'm Hannah. And how do I'm Rebecca. Well, well, well. The final series of Happy Valley has been well and truly worth the seven and a half year wait. More people tuned in to Happy Valley on Sunday night at nine than tuned in to find out what Prince Harry had to say at the same time on ITV might be something to do with the fact that we know way more than we should. After the man has a woman, lot to say. He does. And after some poor woman in a bookshop in Spain accidentally popped his book out on a shelf early. Like, it's ne- the stuff that we've heard from that is never ending. Nice. I have been obsessed. It, but like, no one needs to know that you had a frostbitten penis at someone's wedding. There's some things that you no. just don't need to tell people. I don't I, know some of these details like, about my own friends. I shouldn't know that you took so much magic mushrooms that you thought a wheelie bin was talking to you. Do you know what? I shouldn't know that information. No. And it's not as if he doesn't have enough stuff to put in the book and he's doing a few filler pages. Like, do you know what I mean? Like that publisher was rubbing their hands together, laughing all the way to the bank. Mounting an older, horse-loving no, woman yeah. in a field behind a pub? Guys, it's I mean, I he really that story again. I actually can't <laughs> hear that story again. I'm also just a little bit confused because he's like, she pulled me back. And I'm just like, what was the, what was the position? Bum. No, what but I agree. Position? She pulled me back. I just, I just want to know. But it, it sounds like I might have been the other way around. <laughs> it's, guys, it's, it's chaotic. It's chaotic. I would rather watch <laughs> Catherine Kaywood over Harry's chaos any day. Well, you and loads of other people, because more people watched Happy Valley on Sunday than watched that interview. Also, Happy Valley is just amazing. Let's say it. Uh, this week, we learned that Faisal's sister-in-law's had the decking done 15 grand. Our hearts were in our mouths as Catherine followed, then phoned Claire, not in Leeds, while sitting right behind her. And speaking of phones, we were sent over the edge as we got our first <laughs> glimpse of Tommy's teeny tiny Tom Thumb sized mobile in prison. <laughs> this week, Hannah will have <laughs> Hannah will have all your amazing thoughts and theories that you've emailed to us at shrinepod at gmail.com and sent to us on Twitter and Insta at shrinepod. In a moment, Reb will have your recap of season three, episode two. But first, much to discuss. We're now on the TikTok and Hannah Suso oh, is officially a London pooch. 
Yes, oh. guys, we've moved to London for a couple of months. I am in southeast. I think I'm still getting the hang of like southeast, north and west. Obviously, north is above the Thames and south is below it, but I can't get a grasp on what east and west London is. But I believe I'm southeast London. I'm in one of the a curry corridor, so the stunning takeaways right outside the Ooh. door, which is going to be expensive and damaging to my health. Um. And yes, he's okay with me. We went on the boat on a big adventure last week, and it's just very exciting. We've already spotted someone that was on the traitors, which is our first celebrity spot. What? Who was Stop. it? Yeah. Sorry, what was her name? It was the woman who was the actress in um, the Maddie. actor in Casual. Maddie. Maddie. Stop. We've seen her last night. You spotted Maddie from yes. the traitors. <gasps> it's not huge because I have That's to say, my eyes are peeled for celebrities. It's <laughs> one of the most exciting things I've in here. That and the food. So, yeah, I'm a London gal, really enjoying it, guys. It just went great. It's such a lovely way to start off the year is just going somewhere else and being out of your routine or doing a routine somewhere new. Now, and you took the words out of my mouth because I told you last week about how I signed up for a 10K Gale Force trilogy (laughs) during a blackout. Yes. I've since paid for the first race and I am doing it. And I did my first run last night, but I sort of like I did it running around my new area. And guys, I bashed out a 4K and I can't run. Now, well running done. and walking now, majority walking, but I still did it. And I think it was because I was taken in the new area because there's lots to see. Um, So, you know, it's going well. Jesus, you'll be doing 10K before you know it, Hannah. This is it. My God, the glamour. Well, myself and Brendan are back to work finally after our nearly three-week hiatus over Christmas. We're back on air in the mornings, getting up early, having the afternoons off. And Fair play. Yeah. I mean, I'm actually enjoying being back in a routine, to be honest with you. I had really let myself go. Yeah, no, I've really let yeah. myself go now. It's terrible. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Now I'm kind of settled in here to to form some type of routine. Yeah, no, I'm such a January cliche. I'm like, you know, I'm I'm obviously eating now less than 8,000 calories a day. I'm trying to reduce that and I'm back in the gym. And I just, same as that, I'm just really enjoying it. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I It's like literally three days in the gym. I'm like, yes, I feel better. Done like such you a cliche. feel better oh no like i was eating like i i just actually went mad but i, I went mad do you know what i mean yeah it's, it's the first proper one since the pandemic i went mad and i think everyone else did like shopping the present level this year was mad like it was just a heightened christmas i thought we just it was it, didn't we guys and we, we did. did one quick thing i want to tell you so obviously i have access to the bbc iplayer now stop stop which is huge yeah. So we got here on Friday, it's now Tuesday morning, and I have watched start to finish for the first time The Responder, which I gave up on, remember Martin Oh Freeman yeah, with his Liverpudlian accent. Yeah, so it was actually getting really good reviews, and I said I must go back to it, so that's done and dusted, and I watched start to finish Sherwood, finished it last night, Rebecca, you loved it. Oh, it's excellent. And that's because I watched season. Brendan. I think you did, Brendan. I think I I did. did. did It's a lot of it based in like a local kind of pub slash community hall. Mining. Mining. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in the north. Two murders. Yeah. And you did. One of the murders actually. Kind of loosely based on a real. I did watch Sherwood. I did. I did. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was absolutely excellent. I can't believe it took me this long. So I start my time in London with a bang, fully utilizing the BBC iPlayer. 
I'm thrilled for you. I'm thrilled and I'm and I'm quite jealous that you've just got access Same. to everything that's on iPlayer. I'm coming um, back to start some sort of petition though, guys, because enough is enough. As we've said before, we will pay for it if they sub- made it a subscription service. Yeah, so just you? leave it with me. Give us an international iPlayer, please. Um, Reb's going to have your recap in just a moment, but we did join the TikTok this week. Um, so you can follow us. We're at Shrine Pod. It's the same as our Insta and our Twitter. Um, bear with us while we get... No, yeah, I did post. I posted um, two we're videos. Te- yeah. We are terrified. No, I think I think we're gonna have to like play around with it and figure out what it is we're supposed to do on the TikTok because um, it mightn't be the same as we do on the Instagram. I think we should lip sync line of duty quotes. I think that's a good social strategy for us. That's a good. That's a strong lip sync. Catherine K. Wood. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, someone be Claire, someone be Catherine. I can be Neil. You know, <laughs> I'd love to fun. learn the season one. <laughs> Episode one opening monologue. It's a oh thing. yeah. Oh, we should try. Okay, do that. that's okay. Is that a, is that a is that a a job for us now for the next week? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I said it now. Oh, oh, yeah. we just got she signs up already. for ten k's while blind. To lip sync for our life. Okay, Happy Valley season three, episode two. Reb, take it away, bitch. Hello, everybody. So the episode was excellent and it opens with Mike Taylor telling Catherine that the mystery duo taking Ryan to prison to see Tommy Lee Royce is Claire and Neil. Guys, I was horrified. Horrified. I knew it myself. I knew we thought it was them, but I really actually was like, what the actual, okay? So just a bit of detail on this, right? They visited four times only in the last year. And the juicy bit is that there was another one booked for this Saturday, right? So I zoomed in on Mike's PC screen and that revealed that Claire has actually only gone with Ryan the first time. And since then, it's Neil Uh... that has accompanied Ryan on the other three occasions. Okay. I don't know if that's relevant. Great spot. Yeah. The the camera hovered for just a beat too long. Do you Mm -hmm. know? Okay, now guys, poor Catherine, she's in shock, disbelief. The betrayal and hurt is written all over her face. They have been visiting Tommy on Saturdays after Ryan's football and every week that she's been working basically throughout the year. Catherine just can't understand how Tommy got in touch with them in the first place. How Ryan also knew that he moved prisons when she didn't even know that. And it is mentioned here that Tommy does in fact actually know her home address because he sent Francis Drummond, a.k.a. Moaning Myrtle, a.k.a. Bridget Jones's BFF, to fetch Ryan a scale X trick back in season two. Well done. Yeah, thank you. I said scale. I think <laughs> correct. Um, now, guys, right? So the opening credits then start. Jake Bug, trouble down. Okay, but no, I watch these. Very okay, wait, hang, excuse me, hang on a second. Now that's going to be a TikTok. If you think that you're not lifting it, you're right. <laughs> so I started watching the opening credits, um, you know, quite carefully because I was doing the recap and whatnot. Okay, so. When I was watching them, there is a very quick glimpse of Joanna during the credits. And then there's a shot of a hand reaching for a container of petrol in a car boot. Just just to note, because I know a fire theory was brought up last week. Yeah. And, and also the clouds in the sky at the start of Happy Valley almost do look like smoke from a fire the way they move. Do you know in the credits? Okay. So, and also, <laughs> the there's, a tabby, there's, a, there's a tabby cat in the credits now. So I'm thinking 
is there some relevance to this? Are these a few Easter eggs for us where perhaps Catherine is going to get a fnuffy when she comes back from the Himalayas? <laughs> okay, we'll go back to the recap now. I feel like I've gone too far. <laughs> At school, Ryan realises that some dickhead has changed, uh, chained his and Chesco's bikes together. Rob Hepworth then enters. He rocks up. He starts giving the lads detention for a week. And then Ryan, you know, puts two and two together and he cops that Rob is the one that Tina arenaed the bikes, right? So <laughs> Rob is few, right? Rob's not happy. Rob is like, what? You know, not Rob. Uh, Ryan's fuming. Uh, Rob's still fuming because remember they asked him had he had his oats the day before. So guys, yeah. there is a yeah, heated yeah, yeah. row here. Mrs. Oats. The row. The, the yeah, Mrs. Oats. The row is just it just goes lit. Right, things take a turn, and uh, they're screaming at each other. Ryan's calling Rob a twat. He's treating him like a six-year-old. Rob then decides to kick Ryan off the football team. Chesco tries to take the blame for the slagging the day before. Ryan eventually gives Rob the finger and he storms off. Ryan then heads home, guys. The way he throws the school bag at the door, it is just so aggressive. He runs upstairs, trashes his whole room. Then Claire rings Neil, who is at work behind a till in a newsagent's slash corner shop. Which Fair play to him multitasking. He was weighing that veg, scanning it through and on the phone at the same time. But would you not be annoyed if you were at a shop and the till person was on the phone? Because I would be. Absolutely. I like to have the attention. Yeah. yeah. I like a self-service checkout personally, but anyway. You're very efficient, Brandon. But guys, during this conversation, I feel like this scene is just there for us to to understand that Neil and Ryan have gotten very close because Neil is like really like, oh, I'll have a word with them like Ryan's his son almost. Mm. So yeah. I think that's why that scene's there. Okay, next up, uh, Faisal, a.k.a. Walter White, the pharmacist. He arrives home to his gaff looking absolutely shook after he was threatened and blackmailed. He's getting really agitated, especially about the subject of money, because his wife, Anisha, is talking about uh, her sister's glam 15 grand garden deck on the phone. And then his daughter opts for grand. bottled water over a tap. Uh, guys, 15k like for a decking. Yeah, like th- that must include, that must include, like, all the, the chairs, the, the, the fire pit. Lighting, like it, it must look like the Love Island villa. Well, you'd absolutely yes. hope so for that. And that's pounds, not euros. Would you know what I mean? Very, very glamorous. Okay, well, guys, that we evening, know the cost Catherine. of materials these days. True. Oh, no, Brendan, it's all gone up, pet. Guys, it's, up. I'd say maybe yeah. 15k would only get you a basic deck these days, maybe. Well, to be honest with you, the house I'm in has a real fire. We bought firewood last week on one fire for one evening cost £15 and there's one log left. So, I mean... I know, put, put another hoodie on, pet. I suppose you can get them in little now, so I'm going around. That was actually in the corner news agents. I won't be going back. But there you go, the price of wood. <laughs> yeah, no, and Hannah, fill up that hot water bottle there. So, guys, that evening, right, Catherine phones Richard from her car outside her house and she tells him that Claire and Neil have been taking Ryan to visit Tommy. And then, you know, here, I, I like the way they papooed this theory here because Richard is like, oh, could someone else be using their identities to visit? But Catherine's like, it's way too much of a coincidence because it's every Saturday that I've been working. So, anyway, her strategy with this betrayal is that rather than confront Claire O'Neill, she's actually just going to observe for now and she's going to then follow them on Saturday. And Tommy being in court for the Gary Gagoski murder is then brought up and Richard asks Catherine to meet about a story that he's working on. Catherine arrives home and she's not happy, right? She's not pleased that Ryan's up so late in a school night. She's not happy that Claire helped him clean his room after his outburst. 
And she does chat with Ryan about the whole fiasco with Rob. And she says that she's going to meet the principal and get Ryan back on the football team. Catherine offers to drive Claire home here. Claire's like, no, no, I'll walk. But Catherine just, you know, she doesn't insist on driving her. Um, and she lets Claire walk home in the dark, which really, do you know what? The cracks are there, guys. It's irreparable damage, in my opinion. So after that, right, Claire texts uh, Catherine when she's out having a smoke, saying that she got home safe, safe and Catherine sends back a thumbs up emoji with no kiss. Oh, yeah, she considered a kiss and then took I it die. off. Yeah, I yeah. would fucking die if someone I knew just sent me whacked <laughs> me with a thumbs up emoji. <laughs> so would I. Um, so sorry, where was I? Was I? Oh, here I am. Ryan then comes out and he's like, oh what am I going to do when you go to the Himalayas? Can I come with you? And then the conversation moves on to Hepworth being a dickhead. Catherine says dickheads are a part of life. The trick is to negotiate your way around them without them realising that you think they're a dickhead. And Ryan then says a line that has been repeated. Revenge is a dish best served cold. Mm, Jesus, where did he pick that up? We then get a glimpse of Jesus Christ superstar himself, Tommy Lee Royce in prison, lying in his bed, staring at the ceiling and plotting his revenge. The man is, he just seems like he's happy, doesn't he? Because he knows that things are all in motion. So the next day, Joanna, who has bruises on her face, she runs up to Faisal outside the pharmacy. Brendan, we were chatting about this earlier. There's two pharmacies, guys. I was like, confused. I was like, is this a continuity error? Could they not get the same set twice? And then, no, (laughs) it actually turns out that he runs more Uh, than one of them. Yes. Um, Joanna here basically tells Faisal that she thinks that Rob is going to kill her someday and that no one's going to notice. And she explains that Rob has done this whole thing before. So what Rob does now is he gets fixated on students in school. He picks a fight with them to get their attention. He knocks their confidence and then he decides to become the person to pick them up and turn their life around. And that during this phase, he gets very edgy and then he takes it out on her. So obviously Rob has picked Ryan to be his next victim of of that situation. Joanna brings up how Faisal previously said that he would help her get a flat and get her out of the situation. But uh, he says he might have suggested it, but he can't pay for it now whatsoever. And in this conversation, he does reveal that the two pharmacies aren't his. He manages them with his wife's sister who got the fancy deck. But the two shops are actually owned by uh, Anisha's dad. So I don't know if any of that's relevant, but yeah. So there you Faisal's father-in-law, yeah. Yep, his yeah. father-in-law owns the the shops. Joanna is upset, but she she does take a turn here now, and she threatens to actually tell the police about where she really got the diazepam. Mm. So yeah, which desperate woman come in back. fairness, you know. No, I get that, but that is not that. I mean, that is just a recipe for disaster now because yeah. he's going to turn on her. Now, next up, Anne and her colleague Schaff are out doing door-to-door inquiries at a block of flats after a woman died there. This is very interesting here, this scene, because I missed this the first time. Um, but Anne says here that she has been offered a new job. It's a six-month contract next week, starting at CID, which is the Criminal Investigation Department, according to Google. Uh, so she's like, Why oh, did you I won't think be able... CID stands for Constable in Disguise? Is that not, no, did, I just knew You're that for, as a kid. Right. I am dead. No. Constable in Disguise. No, honestly, no. <laughs> hold on, I'm, I'm Googling it as we speak. What was Buckles' as acronyms in Line of Duty Season 6? <laughs> yeah, well, I want... kept getting wrong. Remember BJL. Was I was like, blowjob, good. <laughs> it was blowjob, long. B-I-D, Constable. 
Oh no, guys, I think I'm wrong with that one now. No, what did you say? No, obviously yours was a mean costume. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't believe we're back, like, Googling the acronyms. We're back with the acronyms. Yeah, no, it's Criminal it. Investigation Department. Somebody told me it was Constable in Disguise as a kid, and I've never questioned it. There we go. Okay, so, guys, the relevance to this is that it's the Criminal <laughs> Investigation Department, and we'll get back to that later, because they're the people who investigate, you know, like, the, the money laundering and whatnot. So mm -hmm. it's very interesting that Anne is going to be moving in. Yeah. To that department, okay? Yeah. Do you get me? That's very, a, that's, very, um, that's a yeah. story thread now, mm -hmm. that is. Do you know? I do actually um, get you. Yeah. yeah. So uh, she's moving right into a different department. And also, it looks like Shaft's going to be taken over from Catherine when she retires. Because she jokes about him boss, not being able to boss her around. So don't know if that's relevant, but he's the next in line. He's in the succession in line in the in the office right okay so the woman herself now Catherine she's also uh, at the flats and she gets a call from Richard who Richard has been approached by the Guardian guys oh my god he's moving on up for Richard, um, shout out to the Guardian the called us the reverend <laughs> We loved it. Um, anyway, we the did. Guardian wants him to do a piece about links to organised crime, local government and organised crime. And he's looking for some information on Darius Knezovic. And it turns out that the so-called sleazy twat is actually standing for election in Bradford City Council. So this is going a bit like, you know, bent coppers, etc. Now, um, I think we got she... to see a headshot of Darius Knezovic here. Quite a handsome Sleazy Darius, Darius Knezovic looks fantastic. Yeah. No, he does, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> also, guys, I'm addicted to saying Knezovic. It's one of the best stories I've ever heard. It is a great surname. Yeah, it's surname. a great surname, yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. So Catherine agrees to meet Richard, but she actually ends the call when she spots a familiar face. Sure isn't it Alison Gar, played by Susan Lynch, the woman who lived on the farm in season two, who shot and killed her son after finding out that he was a serial killer. So she's back, right? She's just out of prison and she's moving into that apartment block. A lot's happening there. She mentions how she lost everything but the truck that she's driving and her neighbor's dickhead son has been minding this truck while she was behind bars. But he actually ruins the clutch. Which I think is relevance. Yeah, I, comes so. up. I thought that that was left there for a reason and I thought it was going to be something to do with it before this episode ended and it didn't. Yeah, because no, Brendan texts us in capital letters, the clutch, the clutch, and I'm watching on BBC iPlayer, and I think it's like a millisecond behind, and I was like, oh. what happened to the truck? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, no, I, when Brendan even wrote that, I was like, nah. And I still didn't cop it until I watched it again. Jesus, my attention span these days. Anyway, they have a cuppa in Alison's new apartment. She's working, making ready meals at the moment. She's uh, looking for a new job, though. She had learned to do highlights and drive a forklift two very opposing skills uh, during her time in prison. But her probation officer, Carol, is drinking a lot and isn't helping her. So Catherine's like, I'll keep an ear out for a job for you. And then they discuss the, the woman who came out the window and died. And Alison then demonstrates how the windows in the block are meant to open so far. And also, guys, this is the bit that gave me chills, mm -hmm. especially after I spotted the petrol at the start of the ads, is that Alison says here that there's no sprinkler system. In that park. oh yeah good spot yeah so there wouldn't want to be a fire mm -hmm. i'm really I, thinking there's a fire I was theory were they doing like a nod or to grenfell because she is in an yeah. apartment block and they were no, really heavily hinting at a fire and the fact that the thing wasn't yeah. built properly and that the people that were living in it weren't being protected properly by the powers that be could have just been a throwaway thing that i read too much into or it could be like just something that 
Sally Wainwright wanted to acknowledge that isn't going to go anywhere, but that's what came no, to No, Hannah, your theory is probably, that's, that is probably what it is, but I think I've just gone way too into everything. Do you know what I mean? Well, I mean, meet your sister. <laughs> there we go. Um, so that afternoon, Catherine meets Richard in a cafe and she gives the most amazing explanation about how criminals do their business, which I, I'm going to yeah. read this out to you guys because I was really... so good. It really, really made me understand the whole thing because I never really got it properly before. So government contracts are what everyone wants because they're very lucrative and the criminals want them as well. So it's possible that the window fittings in the block where the girl died were from a dodgy source. The companies spring up, you know, they put on a cell, they get the contracts and it's a ship product. And then all of a sudden the company disappears and that's what the Knezeviches do. They then move on to their next scam. So... There obviously is a lot of corruption. The people who give out the contracts could either be compromised or maybe they were shown actually a quality product. Um, but they do this alongside their drugs and their trafficking. So they just want to launder their money. So they still have their car washes, their nail bars and their news agents. Where does Neil work? Nearly died oh, when the woman said Neil news works agents. at a news agents. Yeah. Oh, and later on. Died. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, so anyway, Catherine adds that it would be naive to think that they wouldn't, you know, infiltrate local government because it's how they keep informed and keep hiding in plain sight. Richard then brings up the rumor that Darius is connected to the murder that Tommy Lee Royce is going to court for next week. And Catherine's just like, he's way too smart. They're never going to nail it on Darius. He's too clever. Um, And she warns him here that this is going to be very dangerous and he should be very careful about who he speaks to while doing this story for The Guardian. She also says that the apartment that the dead woman was in was filled with boxes of cash. So it's likely that it does have something to do with the Knezeviches because they can't launder their money fast enough. So they have to hide it in someone else's place. And she then gets a phone call to come to Ryan's school and her ringtone. Guys, Catherine Kay was ringtone. Sounds like the start of the White Lotus theme song. It does it. I didn't notice. Oh my God. It. I don't know what it is. Like maybe it's a famous song and I'm being a dope, but it's so like, like <laughs> oh my God, imagine it was. Um, I it's do, wild. I, I don't know if it's if it's here that it happened, but I think just before her phone rang from the school, did she also tell him in that conversation about like um, criminal gangs and dodgy dealings and stuff, did she say, was it there that she said something about CID catching somebody years ago yes and, she does yeah she said so it just, 56 businesses yeah and i just after and i think it was deliberate that Anne was like a few scenes earlier was like oh i'm gonna get a job in cid that's Not exactly it constable in disguise and then she puts that in there yeah so so that's the cid thing is that she's gonna go to the area that they investigate yeah. these criminal gangs for the money laundering so it's so Anne moving over there is really it's, interesting she's gonna she's save gonna, the day well, she's going to give Catherine, you know, intel that is imperative. Yeah. For yeah. for this murder, Ryan and Neil, it's all connected. So Neil must be working in a news agency that's owned by the Knesseviches. And Tommy realistically has got to Neil by threatening him via his place of work to make mm. Ryan come with them, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's a, that, that could be a, a, a reason or else Neil and Claire are just really awful for doing this to Catherine. Mm. I don't agree with them. I just don't think the man needs to see his dad. No. He literally is a rapist and a murderer. Like, shocking. I'm horrified at Claire. You can see okay. how he would um, convince Claire because she is a softer touch to, to totally. bring. Totally. 
you yeah, Neil, and you know when Catherine said that the stars of the episode, she was like, "I never liked Neil, and he's spineless." And I was like, "Oh mm. my god!" So and she's we never know liked we can him. trust her judgment wholeheartedly because she never really gets it wrong. No, like she's a great read on people, and she yeah. said this about Neil since day dot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so guys, back to the prison now. Tommy is about to cook up a storm. He's on the way to the kitchen in his little chef's hat, and he bumps into the priest, and he chillingly tells him that he's going to be in court next Tuesday because he shopped him to the police months ago. And he says he wants him to know that he forgives him. May the Lord be with him. Yeah, see, Jesus. I think I think he's it's exactly his plan. He was like, I forgive you because it's what I wanted. And yeah. may the Lord be with you because you've done exactly what I wanted you to. All part of his plan. So mm. afterwards, um, Tommy serves spuds to the other inmates and what appears to be a staged altercation breaks out. When a guard is distracted, Tommy's pal then slips a very small package into his sock, you know, with the ankle part between the ankle and the sock. And he later gives it to Tommy. Catherine then arrives at Ryan's school and she's at the car park and she spots a red car. The air has been let out of the tyres and someone has drawn a penis on it, along with the words, <laughs> I love cock. I feel like someone's going to take me saying, I love cock. I shouldn't give anyone we'll the lip idea. Sync. We'll <laughs> lip sync to you saying that. When I was writing this, I was like, God, I probably shouldn't leave in the I love cock line. You've said it three times <laughs> now. Stop saying it now. <laughs> <laughs> okay sorry back to business we're so immature um ryan's outside the principal's office and we hear hepworth here talking about how ryan's grandmother works shifts and that there's no father figure in the picture so you know it's just solidifying that whole thing that he's decided to take ryan under his wing and get very involved so Catherine arrives in in full Robocop uniform. Ryan makes a comment about her being too old to have a taser gun at her age. Um, and then they enter the office and Hepworth looks a little nervous to see her. He just isn't happy, especially oh God, when she asks how the wife the is. The land of his life. He had <laughs> yeah. no idea. No, and do you remember in the last episode, she said that she would do this at the next football game, <laughs> that she would just stand at the side of the pitch and make herself known. But she yeah. got an even better opportunity to just walk into the classroom and be like, hi. Oh my God. And he literally is like, holy shit. Shat She's himself. like, how's your wife? Oh, yeah. I adored. Anyway, um, Hepworth here is saying that he suspects that Ryan is the person who damaged his car because they had the altercation. Catherine then frisks Ryan's pockets and finds a lighter, which she isn't happy about because the night before he had been saying to her in the garden, like that smoking was bad for her and whatnot. And um, I don't know if that has any relevance. So just the fire thing, guys, and me and lighters and I don't know. Okay. Am I really gone full? I, no, I don't no, know. No, 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 no. Just like Ryan and the lighter. I just, or else it's just a nod to say that Ryan is, is very crafty, that he can kind of go up to her and say, please stop smoking. And then he's smoking himself. Yeah. Like I just loved, I love that she just like pulled out and she was like, really? Like, really? <laughs> I did, yeah. It was just and so was well. Her, was it the lighter or his phone that she whipped off the table when they were leaving? Because he's not the getting lighter. something back. It was the lighter. Yeah. Okay. The lighter. Yeah, it's such a good scene. There's just so many little details Excellent. in this show. Excellent. Yeah. It's just so excellent, really. Um, sorry. So anyway, it, Catherine actually goes full police officer here, which I loved. And she's like, it's not criminal damage because the tires weren't actually slit. And that the whole thing doesn't really add up because Ryan had said the night before that he was going to apologize. And um, the principal then brings up like the initial thing of Hepworth chasing them in the car. And he's like, oh, well, we see if any witnesses were around. And eventually Hepworth backs down on the whole thing and agrees for Ryan to go back on the football team. 
because I think he's just terrified of Catherine at this stage. Yeah, he was out, like, I'm not accusing him. And she was like, are you not? She's like, I thought that's exactly why I was here. And like, the, everyone was just so confused. She just, she spun them all around and won the whole thing. She did. It was so Lindsay Denton, wasn't it? Yes, very. Yeah. Yeah. So on the way out, Ryan tells Catherine that he thinks Hepworth is the person who actually did it to his own car to get him in trouble. And Catherine's like, I know you didn't do it because I've seen the way you draw cock and balls when you play uh, Pitcher Consequences. I was like, hilarious. <laughs> I've never played that game. No, anyway. neither have I. Yeah, but she knew well that it wasn't him. Back at the prison, Tommy gets uh, back to his cell and he unwraps, guys, the tiniest mobile phone. <laughs> I have ever seen. I was absolutely screaming at the television. It's literally the size of the man's thumb. It's the size of his thumb. It's the size. (laughs) It's the size of like a large big toe. Like I was trying to (laughs) me on the couch put my toe up to the TV. I was trying. How big is your toe? (laughs) Not not big enough. But like it. Do you think it's the size of your big toe, Brendan? No. No, guys. it's the size it's the size of his thumb like if you saw him holding it and it was literally the exact same size as his own he's holding it between his like how is he typing on it with his you couldn't possibly it's clearly only to receive messages you couldn't type out a message on (laughs) he was typing on it though well he He was was clicking in oh yeah you can scroll down guys i wouldn't want to know where (laughs) that's tiny tiny inbox somebody emailed us or it was either a tweet i'll read it out later and called it his tiny arse bone (laughs) (laughs) anyway this is interesting there's a text message one more thing on the phone yeah do you think they're real and you think there's people in prison with them now i think think it's a thing guys someone i know text me and told me where you can buy them in dublin you know some very questionable people. <laughs> you know them as well. We all do. We used to work with this person. I know exactly who it is. You oh my god! I think I know who it is. Yeah, yeah. You know who who it is. <laughs> How could I give you? Okay, a clue. Fuck off. Oh right, no, that's not who I thought it was. <laughs> anyway, this is not a conversation for this podcast. Off. Anyway, someone was like, "Oh my god!" Uh, like this shop sells those phones. <laughs> Like, what they they sent me the tweet that Hannah put up of the phone with the picture and they were like this is right guys, anyway I was, we don't... Howling. I was like I, I have to stop shook. laughing to concentrate because I'm going to miss something important I missed all of the tech that was on the phone someone had to tweet it to us because yeah I it was about the news agents yeah so yeah, the, text, the, the text read <laughs> Rico's or ICOS Rico's news agents great presence for Ryan that's what it said which um heavy breathing um Scary Mary, what was her name from the last season? She's uh, um the teacher, Miss yeah. Wheeland. Guys, she's she coming back. Kept going to buy him presents, didn't presents. she? Presents in news. And we know that Neil works in a news agent, so yeah. she is pulling the strings. He Seems a bit mentioned... more like it could be a co-op than a news agent, doesn't it? I don't know. Yeah, no, you're right. Like it's like a corner shot. Yeah, I know what you mean. But mm. guys, just just here, I've just remembered something that I didn't include in yeah. the recap. Yeah. Neil, when he was on the phone to Claire when he was in work in the news agents, when he was multitasking, did mention that there was a female co-worker. And did Neil ever meet Miss Wheeland? Because I'm like, is she just working with him in the news agents oh, or something? Oh, yeah. He did he mention that know, she was no, coming back from lunch. Know, there's no way he would know what she looks like because Claire was so but involved was, and they had the CCTV But he was back photo. drinking and all that season. Like he was, he was back on the booze and everything. Like he relapsed. So just, yeah, true. But is there? There's no way that you could be in a relationship with someone, say Reb, and this happens to your yeah. great nephew, and you don't show that person a photo of who did it. No, no, you're right. Like I've just, 
oh, I'd be like, it's it's Bridget Jones's best friend. Like you know, <laughs> Bridget her. Jones's best friend. The Chamber um, of Secrets. You know her. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, Tommy is so thrilled when he gets this message. Meanwhile, Catherine gets into her car and she texts Claire and she says, you'd always tell me, wouldn't you, if someone was making you do something that you didn't want to do? Like what? Claire replies. Anything, Catherine says. And Claire replies, yes, of course, you know I would. Which is just even more sad, isn't it? Now, I don't know, again, if I'm reading too much into it or I didn't or I missaw it. But I think there was the continuity issue here. That thumb that Catherine sent to Claire was, was missing. It was. But when Claire opened her message, she had the thumb. It's absolutely irrelevant, but I just noticed it. Yeah, no, I think that I noticed that too, Brendan. Just because the enough. thumb was so passive aggressive. What is up with awesome thumbs? Like? like, oh my God, who thought that, A, when we found out the Tom thumb was appearing in this and now a thumb sized phone and now a missing thumb from a message. Jesus, that is a sign from the universe. I got really distracted there because I found the tiny phone on Amazon and I just got distracted by reading the reviews. Did you? And I just wrote five Stop. stars. Great little phone. Stop. <laughs> oh my God, guys. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. <laughs> No. Oh my God. Okay, back to the recap. Sorry, I'm really taking my time with this. That <laughs> evening, Joanne's at home. I have to home. this. Sorry. Yeah, no. no, stop, because you're going to order one of them when you're in your next blackout. You signed up to a 10K. You definitely want <laughs> yeah. those phones. And get myself on some sort of watch list. <laughs> you would. So, guys, that evening, Joanna's at home. She's dancing around the kitchen, cooking dinner, and she's drinking wine. Rob arrives back. The kids are in the sitting room, and one of those little girls is still wearing that coat. Guys, every time we yeah, see that what little girl, is going on there. Coat. Yeah. But yeah, what could it's... it be? Like, is she cold? Because she is she covering up marks because she have burns in front of her family though. Would she be oh, covering yeah. up? Yeah, why is she covering? Yeah, I don't know. And he and seems he... to have sorry, but he seems what? to have the utmost respect for those children. Well, obviously not like yeah. at all, but like he doesn't seem to be going after them. It's just the wife. And in the last yeah. episode, he made a point of saying, "Take your coat off." Yeah. He did. He made a point of saying it, and she's left oh, it on she since. Wearing a wire or something? Is she? Very strange. Oh, it's yeah, but you know what I mean. Poor girl. Can you imagine? Yeah, yeah, it's I've really weird. Um, so the kids are in the sitting room, and uh, he walks in. And I think he says like, "Oh, how was your day?" or something, and he goes straight into the kitchen after that, and he starts asking about the mess because she'd been making a pie. So like, you know yourself, it takes ages. You have to chop up loads of stuff. Anyway, this is awful. He closes the door. He starts shouting at her, and he starts beating her. Um, and then he grabs his golf clubs and says he's going to the driving range. Like. I, he's obviously hitting her with a golf club like it's it's absolutely awful the following day she then desk drops Faisal well you can't really desk drop in a cafe but she just goes up to him when he's eating lunch and Joanna um, has even more bruises on her and she asks if he had time to look up flats and he then tells her here that he can't afford it and that if she is being abused by her husband, she needs to get onto the council and she needs to contact her parents. And she says neither are an option for her. But instead, she's now thinking about killing Rob, guys. Jesus. Yeah, so this she took says, a turn. 
It really does take a turn. She's saying that, like, you know, he will get everything. He'll win if they do get a, a divorce. He'll get a pension. He'll get the girls, get the house. And she says then that she didn't tell the policewoman, a.k.a. Catherine, about the coercive control because she thought that Faisal was going to help her. And then she she does take another turn again. And she says, you know, I'm going to tell Catherine about the drugs when the results come back from the lab. So... Yeah, this is this is all getting very dangerous because he eventually reveals then that he doesn't have the money because he's been blackmailed for eighteen hundred pounds a week by two men who have threatened to hurt his family. So he just cannot help her. Joanna then reveals that she was forced to tell Rob that it was Faisal who gave her the drugs. So Rob does know about that. So. Now, I was wondering, was she telling the truth there or was she saying that to threaten Faisal? I thought oh, she yeah. was saying it to threaten Faisal. I thought she'd gone... I since the last beating, become even more desperate to just get out. That's what I thought, but it could yeah. be either. It could, could be, be either. either, yeah. So she was, she, well, she does tell him that, you know, that, that he does know. And she's also asking him then, can he get her some ketamine to, so she can put it into one of Rob's drinks when he drinks on a Friday or inject air into his bloodstream? I didn't even, like, what? Anyway. Uh, Faisal is just like I can't do it he storms off home in a panic and I loved the scene because Catherine just drives by him nonchalantly on her way to visit Alison and it was just done so well I just really enjoyed that scene anyway she drops up Alison a few bits and she tells her that she's actually got her an interview for a job driving a forklift for Nevison Gallagher and his industrial refrigeration company mm. Mm. does someone say Jackie Laverty Honestly, I think it could go Jackie Laverty. Catherine then asks it's going to go Jackie Laverty, guys? Just like, why do we need to know that Nevison has an industrial refrigeration company yeah. in the True. same block that she w- does the ready meals for the suit? Like, why mm-hmm. do we need to know all that? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Very true. Isn't it like a refrigeration company? Catherine then asks Alison for a loan of her truck for a couple of hours on Saturday, right? Which is interesting. Meanwhile, the two men who... In the, you know, the, the two men who are threatening Faisal in the Land Rover. I don't know their names, guys. Does anyone know their names? Uh, no, but we're just, we are assuming that they are either Knezeviches <laughs> themselves or working for the Knezeviches, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Because they're so. Russian. Were they, is it Russian? Unsure. Don't know what language they were speaking. Okay, no. I thought they were Knezevich brothers, but not, not Darius. They're either Knezevich brothers or wor- Work working for them. Yeah, yeah, they're the big crime uh, family in town, so uh, I'd assume so. And um, yeah, anyway, they go up to the pharmacy to collect their money off Faisal, and he starts asking one of them if they've been following his son as well as his daughters. And your man is like, "We know you don't have a son, mm-hmm. and I'm happy to pay your eldest daughter a visit." And he then mentions that he's getting married next week. He demands more money from Faisal then, and he then is panicking himself, and he explains how a woman that he gave a few pills to, got arrested. The police took the pills. He thinks she's going to tell the police where she got them from. And he says that the woman's flaky. She told her husband. And the criminal man is like to Faisal, you need to sort them both out. And if you don't, I will say hello to your eldest daughter. So he's now got himself into an even bigger conundrum, hasn't he? Yeah. Um. I also thought it was funny the way the guy was like, I'm getting married. And then he's like, are you not going to congratulate me? And then yeah. Faisal's like, congratulations. And he's like, thank you. <laughs> Get married on a Wednesday as well. Yeah. Um, not like you show guys... the cash. Do it on the weekend. 
Yeah, yeah, well, no, like it's it is actually better value to get married during the week, but it's just the people need to take annual leave. The man is in short a few bob, and they're no, all criminals. Isn't. They can take a day off. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think the Knether bitches now are worried about putting their annual leave into bamboo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, it's now Saturday morning. Ryan's going to football. He tells Catherine that Claire and Neil are taking him because he thought she was working, but she sat at the kitchen table, and he's like, "Oh, listen, we might drive into Leeds after to have a look at the shops." Later, Catherine watches the match from Alison's car while chatting with her on the phone about the situation. So Catherine has confided in Alison about the whole thing, mm. which, you know what? I just was like, interesting. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I thought it wasn't a very someone. Catherine move, though. I thought she'd Not just massively. Keep, I, I know she needed her truck, and I, but I didn't think she would tell her the real reason why. There, maybe you have to remember they bonded when Catherine went to visit her when she was in hospital after yeah. taking the overdose and they did yeah. connect and Catherine was like I can understand in some way having yeah. had you know the stuff go on in her family and she was like if you ever need anyone so I think Alison is Catherine's one confidant mm. yeah. and she probably did need to share it with someone because she's lost Claire yeah True. and if you're just out of prison and someone's like can I borrow your car do you know, and you're just like, that's so weird. Like, that sounds dodgy. I don't want to get in trouble again kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And I think she needed a friend because she literally doesn't have anyone to talk to about apart yeah. from the fella in work, really. Yeah. And Richard, like, do you know, but it's and still Richard, true. It's, I know. It should be, you're right, though. She's missing Claire, do you know, because Claire is now the one who's betrayed her and whatnot. Anyway, Alison then brings up the whole clutch thing again here, guys. And she's like, the clutch is knackered. You need to do a double D clutch. And then when you lock to lock the gears and then. If you don't do it, it pops into neutral. Now, I don't drive, but that does sound like a bit of a manoeuvre, doesn't it? I thought that was a bit of foreshadowing now for a crash, you know, mid-follow. But it didn't happen. Someone's going to be driving that truck and they're not going to be able to drive it properly. Yeah, as a getaway car or something like that to get away. I from thought the scene. it was going to be that Claire and Neil, like that it was going to jam and she wasn't able to follow them and she, we weren't going to find out where they were going on the last yeah. episode. But yeah. that obviously didn't happen. So I think you're right, maybe a crash. I also felt like yeah. the scene when she started to follow them, that the way it was shot, it felt very fast moving, like everyone was driving quite fast. Yeah. Um, and I thought I thought a crash was going to happen, but it didn't. Not yet, anyway. Not so yet. Claire, Neil and Ryan get into the car. They head towards Leeds while Catherine follows them behind. Now, guys, forget high-speed chases. Like, this was this kind of low-speed spree, and it was even more thrilling to watch than a Bond chase, wasn't it? I could not keep my eyes it was so tense. The tension then builds even more. Catherine tails their car as they head towards the Sheffield exit. She watches Claire drop off Neil and Ryan um, and follows her very carefully as she parks and walks to a coffee shop. Catherine watches on from a distance as Claire takes a seat, lets out a deep breath and finally decompresses. And just as Claire is about to tuck into her sandwich, Catherine rings her. Claire hesitates for a moment and she says, shit, before carefully composing herself and answering the phone. Catherine asks her where she is. Claire says, I'm in a coffee shop in Leeds. But we already know they've taken the Sheffield exit to know. Catherine knows well, but at this stage, you can see Claire's let them off the prison and whatnot. I think you can see that they go into the prison, can't you? you I assume so. You can't clearly see where they go. No, it's, it's true. not... It's just- yeah. It's not clear cut exactly it still isn't. where they no, go. No, it's true. Yeah. We, we don't, they could actually have gone into a game shop. Yeah, they it's, could it's have, not clear where they've gone. in the prison, guys. <clears throat> 110%. So they've gone to Sheffield and not Leeds? Yeah. 
Yeah, so like Sheffield are not Leeds, you... and as some people who actually know the area really well online said, it actual in real life they've gone to Bradford, so they filmed the Sheffield scenes yeah. in Bradford. So someone online was like, "It's not Leeds, it's not Sheffield, it's Bradford." Yeah. Oh yeah, like the airport that you fly to is Leeds, Bradford. Oh, that's true. Oh, there it you is. Go. There you go, guys. Ryanair. There we go. Okay. Um. Sorry, Catherine's like, "Where are you?" Claire's like, "I'm in Leeds." Uh, Neil and Ryan have gone to look in game. Catherine then approaches the coffee shop window that Claire has her back to and she takes a seat outside watching her through the glass as she continues the conversation about the football match. Claire senses something's up and she asks Catherine if she's at a loose end for the day. Catherine says no and Claire proceeds to say that she hates Leeds and that she'd just rather be at home. Claire, who's starting to look a bit unsettled and uneasy with Catherine's long pauses on the phone, then asks her if there's anything else. She's like, is there anything else? And Catherine says that, you know, she's just wondering how they got on and she'll see her when she sees her, when she's back from Leeds. And after they hang up, Claire looks rattled. And it's then that Catherine decides to get up from the seat and walk right into the coffee shop. She takes a seat at the table opposite Claire. Claire looks up and looks away, not knowing what to do. Hiya, Catherine says. Two sisters. Hiya. One unforgivable betrayal. And the credits roll. Oh, well done, Oh, Reb. well done, Reb. What a recap. Guys, it was a great episode. Truly, truly brilliant. Yeah, it really was. Um, yeah, the scene at the end, like just her following them in the car and then her sitting outside on the phone. And you can just hear, like... Catherine's kind of like almost giving it away that she knows she's lying because she's like oh yeah Leeds yeah well I'll see you when you're back from Leeds yeah she's not talking normally she just doesn't care uh yeah no, it was she, it was you brilliant. know she's going to walk in and you're just like do it walk in and do the big reveal yeah and I think when Claire or yeah when Claire was like I hate Leeds she was actually like I hate Sheffield I hate coming here I hate having to do this a hundred and ten percent agree yeah so yeah. i think yeah and the, and there's obviously a reason reb like you said earlier why she only went in did you say the first time according yeah. to his screen and yeah, hasn't gone in since yeah. so she's doing something that she doesn't really want to do and yeah i think that speaking on the phone but like oh i hate leads i'd rather be at home that was true like that was code yeah, for what she's having true. to do it is um, so true but claire is 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 in a really difficult situation because neil if neil is being blackmailed. He's been blackmailed before by Vicky, the woman who yes. was killed the season before. Who Very, very good point, He Reb. has been blackmailed before. Claire is someone who who is weak, is what, how Catherine describes Claire. Claire yeah. is a vulnerable person. She, she, she doesn't know how to say no, even after Ryan did what he did in this episode. He, like, completely trashed his whole room, throwing things, calling her X, Y, and Z. Like, you shouldn't condone that behavior by helping him clean up his room afterwards. You no, know? no. She just, she's just not able. Yeah. Um, can we talk about the teeny tiny phone for a second? Um, Absolutely. In the kitchen, when Tommy bends, no, it wasn't Tommy the bend down to pick it up, it was the other inmate. Yeah. A prison warden is standing to the side and he keeps an eye to watch. So that whole fake row is going on. And he looks down. He waits to see that it's hidden in a sock and only then do they stop the row. So there's at least one prison warden who is in on the teeny tiny yeah. Tom Tom sized phone thing at, at the minimum, if not more. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I think these Knezoviches, they're like the balaclava men. I think they have people everywhere. I think they're a big, powerful network. And they're going to have Ben Coppers, prison officers, the whole shebang. 
Yeah. Um, I also took a screen grab of um. So I just feel like Richard's acting a bit dodgy. I know he says he's investigating the Knezoviches and stuff. There's just that first phone call that he made to Catherine. I took a screen grab of him because he was looking at like documents in front of him. And it says yeah. building a brighter future in Bradford. Um, local businessman and entrepreneur acquires um, derelict Vacant. property for yeah. Bradford uh, regeneration projects. So I don't know what what that's about. But I just... construction. Oh. Yeah, I, yeah, construction, Nevison is... Is it Nevison? Is Nevison a yeah. bit dodgy? And he's asked her out on a date. Is he yeah, trying to get her on side? He's a multi-millionaire local businessman. I mean, he is. He's a lovely yeah. guy, but like, I'm sure he's corruptible. Yeah. yeah. To go yeah. back and... to the Claire and Catherine thing. Sorry, yeah. Brendan, go on. Mm. No, and I just noticed one other thing as well. Um, when uh, Joe ambushed um, Faisal in the, the cafe and sat down in front of him, did you see what was on her T-shirt? No. It it was a slogan and it said, underestimate me, that'll be fun. Oh. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Jeez. The slogan T-shirts are back. I spotted. Mm. Jesus, eagle-eyed McLaughlin over there. Oh, yeah. Lachlan. Um, so I was going to say, Claire, <laughs> did Catherine text Claire and say, you'd always tell me if you were being coerced into doing something that you don't want to do, wouldn't you? And then she said, yeah, but like, is she just staying right lying to her? She's talking about Neil, guys. Mm. Like, and I suppose technically... Claire isn't being coerced into doing something, but she is there in Sheffield. She doesn't want to yeah. be there, but is Neil just, I don't know. Yeah, has she reasoned it with herself? Because she's like, I'm just driving the car and then they're yeah. going off doing that. And I'm sitting in a coffee shop having a sandwich and a coffee. So actually, I'm not doing the thing. Yeah, and that, that she could just lie to her about it because she didn't really hesitate to reply to Catherine. She did it straight away. She, she believes did. what she's saying, yeah. Right, well, uh, we get on to a couple of thoughts It was here. such a good episode. I feel like this season, just really quickly, has gone a bit more Line of Duty-esque in terms of theories and stuff, whereas the first two, you know, we knew that it was Tommy and Lewis who had kidnapped Anne, and we knew that it was Nevison's accountant, and we knew the whole thing. Second season, we knew that it was it was your man, John, the police officer. Yeah who who killed uh vicky and we didn't know who the, the the actual killer was of um the the sex workers but this season it's it's a, it's keeping us guessing more and keeping us on our toes and i adore it i i yeah. think it's the best one yet and it's totally. the final one sadly and it's it so takes good. it takes two watches to catch everything and even then oh, yeah. we don't catch it all yeah, that's it. Like, I'm excited to watch it the second time. I don't really feel like I'm re-watching something. I'm dying to see it again. And I think, yeah, maybe the seven years in between the two or the fact that everything is connecting back to the past two seasons has given more room for mm. Sally Wainwright to write these, like, intricate little clues in. But I'm loving it, guys. Yeah. So, so Same. good. Same. Uh, thoughts and theories, Hannah? Yeah, thoughts and theories. I had them open. I exited of it. So just one second. <laughs> Please hold, caller. Please so, hold. So, are we going to buy one of those teeny tiny phones from Amazon? I mean, if you ever go in January, we don't have the budget. No, true, true. If you ever go how, in for something, we'll get you. That one is forty five pounds and quite good with two hundred and sixty three five star reviews. And I'm like, <laughs> how many of them are doing the rounds <laughs> in prisons? That's what I mean. And there's actually a couple of different models you can get, but apparently it works really well. Oh my! World's God, smallest mobile phone. <laughs> Isn't it adorable? Yes. 
Um, okay, so we had so many <laughs> Someone says, I cancelled my order, but no refund has been made. They must have been let out in the meantime. <laughs> <laughs> Early release. Don't need me phone. <laughs> oh, that is so good. Sorry, I'm actually really making a cup of tea now after this and I'm reading some of them reviews because that is just so good. Um, okay, so we had so many thoughts and theories. Thank you so much to everyone who tweeted us, who DM'd us on Instagram, who used our website submission form, www.shrinepodcast.com, or who emailed us, shrinepod at gmail.com. So to start off on Twitter, at Hannah Defoe said, Someone is surely going to be bumped off in the next episode. I can sense a brewing, and I don't think it'll be the obvious either, a.k.a. Hepworth. Also, despite Claire's name being on the list, I don't think she's ever gone to the prison. We actually got a screenshot then, and Reb, you referred to this in our next tweet from at Jane1966, and it was a screenshot of the screen showing the prison logs. And lo and behold, Claire only went with Neil once. And Neil's been twice with Ryan, including the time that was planned in the future of when that screenshot was taken that we saw play out in the last episode. So it's Neil and Ryan going in and Claire only once. So at John Mid Midgley, he said, TLR, so Tommy Lee Royce surely already knows that Neil and Ryan are visiting again. So why did he need to risk the and put the effort into that phone message to tell him? Rico news agent could actually be link or code for Richard K. Wood, the journalist. So he's saying like the Rico could be like oh, a Richard yeah. thing rather than oh him setting up the visit for Neil. Because as we know, that was already planned. Or he could be the message could be from Moaning Myrtle to say presence for Ryan where Neil works. Or yeah, it, yeah. it definitely could be code. It, it, Sorry, it guys, might not be literal. For interrupting, can you hear the rain outside my sitting No, room? let's listen now. No, is it lovely? Yeah, it's really relaxing. Hear a thing. Yeah, it's actually like torrential. Rainfall. I just thought you guys would hear in the podcast. Jesus, and um, that's a really great spot. But guys, why would would Richard go to these lengths just to for the, for story? the story? Well, I mean, he did lose his job in season one, right? And now the Guardian have come knocking and asked him the story i don't think he would go to the lens however is he desperate to get his career back and he does have access to this criminal albeit the man who resulted in his daughter's death oh, so how would. guys how did richard know that tommy lee royce was connected to the 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 gagoski murder that with with Dar with darius how, he goes i just heard that well she's a journalist ladies and gentlemen I mean, he's just, he's supposed to know these things. He works in newspapers, no? Yeah, and the police have yeah, connected fair. him. So maybe he has, uh, like, a source. Mm. But, like, we'll keep yeah. an eye on our Rico yeah. now. Yeah. Tricky um, dicky. So, tricky dicky. So Joe loves to, oh, sorry, Joe loves to garden. Um, that person said, the parking ticket for the borrowed truck will mean trouble for Alison if she's only out of prison on license. So it looks like... There's a parking ticket coming for where Catherine Kay would park that truck. Oh, jeez, I missed that. Yeah, she did. Yeah, no, because Claire paid the meter and then Catherine was in such a rush to follow her that she just locked the door and ran after Claire and didn't go to the meter. So oh at Joe Loves the Garden thinks that parking ticket will be connected back to Alison because Alison owns the truck and then that's going to spell trouble for her. 
Um, okay, at Vivian Seven said, is Neil being forced to take Ryan to visit Tommy by the Knezoviches? And she had all of the accents over all of the right letters. And she said, I copied the correct name from an article, lol. Are they running some kind of dodgy stuff out of his shop? As Tommy said, he won't do what they want until they give him his son. Now, I think this is what's actually going on. I think Neil is a very um, easily manipulated man based on his yep. previous issues with alcohol i think he could have mm -hmm. racked up a death there as you said reb he's been susceptible to blackmail in the past and we know that the knezoviches because catherine said it are involved in a number of local businesses including including news agents so i think they have actually blackmailed neil to bring it in ryan and i think claire is doing it to protect neil and maybe even protect catherine they probably yeah. threatened the whole family via neil via the news agent Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think that's what's going on. The news agents has been mentioned too many times. Also, the shot of Neil when he gets the phone call from Claire. There's so much booze behind him in the news agents. And when I saw that, I kept going, "Oh my god!" Like Jesus, he's just around so much alcohol. Good and I'm point. like, maybe maybe he is back drinking, or you know, like, and maybe he has racked up some sort of debt. They have something on him that they're blackmailing him with. Yeah, good point. So that's at Vivian 7. I think you're bang on the money there. So at Laurie Street underscore said, Poppy not taking off her coat is heartbreaking. Why? I can't even get past that to entertain anything else. And she hopes that Hepworth meets a grisly end. Yeah, that's really suspicious now. And it's coming up a lot. And the girl really hasn't been seen without a coat. At Scotty Jotty said, Neil is ringing all sorts of alarm bells. The news agent, the fact that Catherine has never been sure about him. And we know her instincts are spot on another person that is suspicious of neil is at al granny t that person has a sneaking suspicion that neil knows tommy either related or friends with him maybe a stint in prison this comment revenge is a dish best served cold keeps popping up yeah i hope to god there's a huge showdown and that's the line that catherine says to tommy at the end when she eventually wins like i hope to god Sorry, that that yes. is what happens if that she's like iconic it would be iconic well we know from says. that um we know from that variety interview that sally wainwright did that there is a face-to-face -face showdown between catherine and tommy let the dog see the cat or whatever it was <laughs> i'm going to get it properly for next week what so, was it let the dog see let the, the mouse see the cheese it was let the hound see it was let the, the dog see the uh rabbit is that it guys we that's what we know. said last week and that was the same yeah. shite i don't think that was it um at Fatford <laughs> Mella said, isn't Alison's space out probation officer called Carol Sewell? The same name of the probation officer that gave Catherine's boss the nod about Ryan visiting Tommy. Was this all just to lure Catherine to the prison to get her to visit Tommy? Now I think that's very interesting. Mm. Is the face to face to get Catherine to go into that prison to be like, what the hell are you doing to my family? I just thought that was very interesting, oh, I feel like guys. He's and Alison broken out. What? I think Tommy's getting broken out of prison, and I think the face to face is going to happen outside the prison. Yeah, well, we're gonna. I assume in the next episode we're gonna see that court appearance because didn't they say it was next week? It's yeah, next it's very week. good point. Yeah, so we're gonna see him. And he's gonna leave been. prison and he's gonna be in a courtroom. And is that an opportunity for them to break? him out or for him he's going to hope that Catherine's going to be in the courtroom he just wants to see her face to face 
Yeah. Nezovich's uh-huh. ambush, I think. So Akherence222 yeah. sent this in on Twitter, but also Mandy via email had the same theory. So they both think Ryan is going to tell Tommy about Mr. Hepworth and Ryan will get the Knezoviches to murder him or, or you know, Tommy is going to get the Knezoviches involved to do something quote unquote nice for his son. They think then that the wife will be arrested first with your man, the pharmacist, Faisal, pressured to testify about their conversation in the cafe to cover up for the drug. So they think Faisal is going to throw Joe under the bus for the murder or torture of her husband that's going to come via Tommy to protect yeah, Ryan. That's really true. If Tommy that's got really wind point. of the fact that anyone was doing anything to make Ryan unhappy, he would literally kill them. He would. He'd have no problem doing it. Hit the roof. So at Noosa Die said, the message on Tommy's tiny phone must be coded. If the news agent is a nod to Neil, could this be the thread that links the organised crime story to the family drama? We heard Catherine explain how crimes like the Knezoviches, how criminals like the Knezoviches own legit seeming businesses. Why not a corner shop? Yeah, I, I really think that's what's happening there. And finally, for our Twitter thoughts and theories, at Kendall Mint Kate said, Knezoviches want Tommy Lee Royce busted out to work in Spain in the paracetamol slash drugs import business. He wants Ryan. So they're making Neil take Ryan to visit. Derek Zoolander's phone code is telling Tommy Lee Royce that news agents equals Neil and great presence equals moaning Myrtle pretending oh to be Claire are yeah. on the way in to visit. Yeah, that's that's that it's is good, it. isn't it? That is, that yeah, is, like, is decoded. He? What is he learning Spanish for? Yeah, that's that's very a Spanish in seven days. Is that a red herring? No, seven days. Know. The trials in seven, seven days. days. Spanish, Spanish in seven, in seven days. days. And Man we know he's going next week as he got the date for the trial. So um, just quickly on Instagram, Heather DM just said, hi, I thought I'd share a couple of things about this week's episode. It was a long DM, but she said this and I thought it was so funny. She said, I'm loving the fact that my hubby, who's a very responsible law abiding pharmacist, is seriously trying to work out exactly what drug Faisal can give Joanna to kill her husband rather than ketamine. So he's sitting there on the couch trying to help Faisal give the correct drug to Joe. Um, and then we had a couple of emails. Thank you so much to everyone who emailed in. I'll just read out a couple of them. So Elizabeth said, Tommy needs to see Joe Bigelow's hairdresser. He or she could work wonders with the hair. Some strategically placed highlights would be a great deal, would help a great deal. She also said, I'm worried that Catherine is going to cut off all contact with Claire. They need each other. Catherine could not have raised Ryan without her. And I think Catherine is a big part of Claire's lengthy period of sobriety. Their relationship is mutually beneficial. Yeah, totally. I think they both go off the rails if they lose each other. And I think that's what we're about to see. Um, Joe emailed in to say when Catherine is listing the dodgy businesses the Knezoviches are likely involved in, car washes, nail bars, she also lists news agents. News agents also come up later on Tommy Lee Royce's tiny little arse phone in connection with friends <laughs> for Brian. Do we think the corner shop Neil works in could be called a news agent? Yes. I'm super suspicious of him. Suspicious of him. Catherine doesn't trust him. She has said so more than once. Is it possible that by saying that if Ryan insists on seeing Tommy, he needs someone there to protect him? Neil has persuaded our Claire to take Ryan to see Tommy for Neil's own dodgy reasons. Hayley says that she loves listening to us and you're the three best Irish friends I've ever had. Hayley, we love you. Oh, thanks, Hayley. Thank you so much. You're our BFF as well. 
BFF. After watching episode two, my prediction is that Catherine's ex-hubby is going to be the one to be murdered. I could see season three ending with a montage of his funeral and Catherine driving away into her retirement. I could also see them killing him off just when Catherine and Richard decide to rekindle stuff. Because as much as we want to see our Catherine happy, I think it will be all too good to be true. I think the constantly, uh, constant, sorry, why can't I read that word? Constantly confused pharmacist will end up killing Richard as he feels there is no other way out of getting caught and Richard is going to go too close to the wrong people. Now, I think that's very interesting because Richard is going to be investigating this as well as Catherine and the police. Mm. I thought that was a really, really yeah. good observation. There's so much more in that email. It's brilliant. Thank you so much, Hayley. Lastly, from James, my theory from episode two, Claire and Neil aren't taking Ryan to Sheffield to see TLR. It's something for Ryan that he doesn't want Catherine to know about, like anger management or therapy. Someone has spotted them in Sheffield and has added their names to the visitors list in an attempt to drive a wedge between the family to allow TLR to get close to Ryan when he is sprung from prison. Oh, it's, it's something yeah. A lot of people said, oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, that's it's, look, it's possible. I do think that there is a small chance that Ryan and Neil may not have been walking into a prison, but no, they were, weren't they? They was just didn't 100% see it. they were. Yeah. I'm convinced now a load of people said it. I think Neil is being blackmailed by the Knezoviches and he's bringing him to the prison and Claire has to stand by Neil because the Knezoviches have threatened Catherine or Andrew yeah. or the whole family. So, yeah, Claire's in a situation that she's like, I don't want to lose my partner. So I and I also, do she, I don't think Neil can drive because Claire drove, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, so she I think did. Claire yeah. has to actually bring them, and I think she went in the first time to be like, I'll just get a sense of this outrageous situation, and then she was like, Right, I'll supervise it, but I'll be as removed as I possibly can. But Catherine won't listen to any of that when she, no. she won't. To the next guys. Episode. We we got a DM in from someone as well uh, the other day. Uh, saying basically that uh, it's from Lisa Jones, who says that she thinks that Neil is Tommy's dad and that Neil on purpose bumped into Claire and this has all been a big ploy the whole time. I'd absolutely scream. Jesus, that's a plot twist and a half, isn't it? Can you remember what they said about Tommy's dad in season one? The mom did, when Tommy was hiding the dog down in the mom's basement before she died in season two, she definitely made a comment on his dad and that he'd ran away or he was never involved. If anyone's doing a rewatch, let us know. There is a paragraph in the script about his dad. So, I mean, it could be. Jesus, lads. Yeah, I don't know. it would go yeah. with EastEnders or whatnot. But then, like, it, yeah. know, they, half the actors in the show have been in Kari. They'd be well able for it. I'm really love this patch. True. You know I, mean? like, I, I do think, though, with those couple of scenes, with Anne being like, I'm being promoted to CID, and then a couple of scenes later, that's all going to, I think Anne is going to play a big the day. role in the, in finishing, in wrapping the whole thing of Happy Valley. Anne is going to be a huge player in this. She's going to give Catherine the info she needs to finally nail either Darius or Tommy. Which or is a lovely we- way to repay Catherine after, you know, all the shit they went through and Catherine then kind of, you know, brought her into the police. And it really it is. be a lovely full circle It thing. would be Amazing to see Anne rescuing Catherine from a situation and for Catherine to yes. turn around to Tommy Lee Royce and say, revenge is, is a dish, a dish best served cold. That would be perfection, I think. I think we'd all be yes. screaming and cheering at the telly. We know Anne is brilliant at her job. Like she solved the uh, mystery of who killed Vicky Fleming in the first, yeah. second season, yeah. which yeah. actually that man who played John is in Sherwood. He is. He is, yeah. Uh, who, 
the he's the he's the brother that lives next door with the wife that he was a scab. I can't believe and, I missed that. Yeah, he's a weed, and his son was the one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the arrow. Okay. A spoiler alert. Lots. <laughs> Somehow it feels in sure. literally episode one. It's more the police Fair trying to catch Brad. him. It is. No, though, no, Hannah, you watched Brad, it recently. Brad. No, you're right. Yeah. Are we beat the Okay. Now. <laughs> we are like so excited for the next episode of Happy Valley. Uh, season three, episode three is up next. Uh, God knows what is going to happen. We're probably going to see a court case. Will Tommy Lee Royce be busted out in an ambush by the Knezoviches? Urgent exit Will... required on that little phone. Urgent exit required. Imagine <laughs> trying to type that out in that D-O-R-D teeny tiny phone. D-E-N-T-E-X-I-E. Will Claire and or Neil fall back on the drink? We will find out on Sunday. For now, though, thanks for listening, tweeting, Instagramming and sharing. Please tell anyone that you know that likes Happy Valley to give Shrine a try as well. Uh, WhatsApp them a link to the pod directly to their teeny tiny Tom Thumb sized phone if you must. And uh, if you would like to hear these episodes early, you can, of course, support us on patreon.com forward slash Shrine Pod. Until next week, I'll do. I'll do. This is TV worth talking about. This is Shrine Podcasts.